Okay, everyone. This week, we are presenting one of our Encore episodes. This is one of your favorite episodes from 2018 of the Spark Joy podcast. We hope you enjoy it, and we're looking forward to seeing you at the top of next year. Happy holidays from Spark Joy podcast. How does paper support the overall vision for how you want to live your life? Remember that the things that surround us should be things that are supporting our ideal lifestyle and supporting the kind of environment that we want to hang on to. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Are you terrified of the paper in your home? Marie Kondo is known for her very progressive stance when it comes to paper. She was quoted from the life-changing Magic of Tidying Up as proclaiming, my basic principle for sorting papers is to throw them all away. We understand that this may be an uncomfortable idea for most people. And as always, we aren't here to insist that you live a paper-free lifestyle, but we definitely believe you can live a much more joyful life with a lot less paper. Today, we're going to walk through how we process and joy check paper using the Kamari method and also how to stop paper that doesn't spark joy from crowding your mailbox. But before we get started, it's time for a joy check. Karen, what's sparking joy for you these days? Well, Kristen, I have to say this is something that I've taken right out of the Spark Joy handbook. I conmarried my home a long time ago and used the containers that I had that were available to me. And being kind of a, a technology household, we had a lot of really great technology boxes that I used for a lot of the organization in our home. You know, just the various things that were in the cabinets and cupboards and the drawers. And they're great. Um, but I noticed over time that I was feeling less and less happy or less and less joyful about the way that we had our medicine cabinet stocked or how it looked. You know, just all those little things that had kind of gotten piled up into boxes that we use and they spark joy because they're definitely useful. And when you need them, you need them. But I just didn't feel like that particular cabinet looked very nice. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was cohesive and it didn't have a really kind of a nice overall look. And being someone who's on Instagram a lot, I have always noticed how beautiful some of the organizers have their cabinets with matching bins and labels and all this kind of thing. And I thought that this particular cabinet was perfect for that. So I decided to go ahead and invest in some really pretty new bins with lids and labels so that I could have even something as simple as our first aid supplies and our medicine and just various candles and things that we like to keep on hand. Instead of just having them in kind of mismatched boxes, I wanted to make sure that it looked really pretty so that even when I open up the cabinet for something really simple, really day-to-day kind of things, it would still be something that was pleasant to look at. So all of these containers are being delivered as we speak, and I'm really looking forward to getting to redo the entire cabinet. It's kind of a little thing, but I know that it's something that I look at every day. So I feel like this is just kind of an upgrade to the organization work that I've done in the past. And so, you know, it's always kind of fun to fine tune and make those things that seem to be working even work better with a little experimentation. So that's kind of what's sparking joy for me today is something kind of simple, but it's something I'm really looking forward to. 
So what about you, Kristen? Nice. I'm liking this idea of this tidy home upgrade. It's pretty cool. I guess it would be a tidy home style upgrade. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's a little bit hard to choose one thing that's sparking joy right now because there's just a lot of great things that I'm attracting into my life and just a lot of great opportunities. And the one thing that comes to mind is that I am very deeply involved in another community called Choose FI. I've mentioned this community before in other episodes, but it's a community about financial independence. In episode 81R, they mentioned a voicemail from For the Love of Tidy. So that was really exciting. Wow. And I was able to talk not only about some tips for tidying, but also about my financial small steps that I've made over time. Well, actually, some were kind of big, um, but most were small. The wins as well as the losses. I actually have a spreadsheet. So every month I talk about my financial wins and I also recognize my losses because I recognize it can't necessarily be perfect when coming into this uh, community. There's a lot of examples of people who are doing really aggressive things like saving 85% of their income or living extremely frugal lifestyle. But I realize that I need to do what's comfortable for me and what sparks joy. So I keep track of that. And when I falter, I keep track of that as well, because I can often find some themes when I uh, pay closer attention. Yeah. So they featured me in that episode, just talking about my experiences. And that was really fun to connect the two worlds together and show gratitude through giving back information that I feel, you know, really confident about to that financial community who may need some more help in the decluttering aspect. So that was really cool and sparked a lot of joy. Wow, that sounds so cool. It's really nice to get recognized for the work that you're doing. So I, I think that that sounds really neat. I should also mention that this particular concept, financial independence, is going to be explored in depth in a upcoming Netflix documentary called Playing With Fire or Playing With Financial Independence Retire Early. So we'll make sure to link that information in the show notes as well. We should also mention that the Marie Kondo organization is going to be coming out with a documentary where the star will be the queen of tidy herself. And that also does not have a formal release date yet, but it's currently an unnamed Marie Kondo project that we all are looking forward to. Yeah, the rumor is that it's going to be sometime, like maybe a year from now or maybe a year like in next spring. But whatever it is, we're sure it's going to be super exciting. And now that we joy checked, it's time to go into our topic of today. And that is the five letter word paper. This episode was inspired by an email from a SparkJoy listener, Sharon. Sharon writes, Hello, I am on the paper category right now. I was wondering if you would do an entire podcast dedicated to paper. Everything is together in one spot, but I feel like every piece of paper, thousands upon thousands, is a decision. Could you talk about how to categorize it or set a vision for yourself in the paper category? Thank you. And so glad I learned about the podcast from the Kanmari app. Really loving it. Great job, ladies. Thank you, Sharon. And welcome to the paper episode. This is the episode that your email has inspired. We're going to answer all of these questions and a whole lot more. And by the way, Sharon refers to the KonMari app in her email, which is a really great tool that a lot of people have used as they've gone through their own tidying. 
it's a great app and we've all enjoyed it, but it's currently on, I guess, a little bit of a hiatus. From what we understand, it is being reconfigured or redesigned or something. We don't know when it's going to be back online in full, but it should be super exciting. So getting started on paper, paper in and of itself is not so intimidating. A piece of paper is like no big deal. But when it gets all stacked up, when you go through and take a look at all the paper that you have in various parts of your home, and especially when a lot of that paper seems really unidentified or you're not exactly sure what it is, then it can get really overwhelming. Part of feeling overwhelmed is trying to deal with the paper that's continually streaming in. It's never in a fixed state, right? I mean, you have paper in your home and then there's the paper that you're bringing into your home. And it just seems to be sometimes a really endless battle to keep on top of it. And another part of it is just not knowing what to do with it. How do you tackle all of the paper when paper in particular is a category of a thousand decisions. Every piece of paper requires some kind of decision-making process and each of those decisions then requires some action. So it is really overwhelming and for many people, one of the most overwhelming categories. And we're going to talk about all of those different aspects today. Yeah, many of our clients think that they have a paper problem. Everyone comes to me like, oh, that's my worst category. But actually, I find that many of clients have a kimono problem, at least by volume. Kimono is the largest category, typically. It includes things basically from Amazon, like uh, makeup or gift wrapping, anything in your kitchen, gadgets, bathroom items as well, cleaning supplies. The uh, subcategories are endless there. So mm. Paper is actually not too bad to deal with when we compare it to all the other categories, but it's assumed that it is the worst. There's so much potential there to free up space in your mind and in your home when tackling this category. You can uncover clues about your life. For example, the papers that I found were things like my Myers-Briggs test or old business cards from companies that I definitely needed to let go of in order to make space for new business opportunities and only keep a select few papers to represent that time in my life. Journals that may have ideas in them that either inspire and support your vision or maybe just simply need to be let go. So it helps us handle unfinished business and focus on action items that matter now if you have a home-based business, this category is mission critical. So definitely pay attention to the strategies here. They can be applied to business or personal related documentation. You may be wondering, can paper really spark joy? Paper does not particularly spark joy as much as maybe something else from the clothing category or definitely sentimental. But you'd be surprised what you'll find that may, you know, make you laugh, cry, or maybe feel indifferent about uh, moving forward with some aspect of your life when you're sorting through paper. But oftentimes it's going to be heavy on the utility side. So something like your birth certificate might not spark joy necessarily, but it's something that's very important to have and keep around. It's time to jump right in. How to Kanmari your paper. We're going to break this down into six steps. Step one is vision. When it comes to Kanmai, we're always going back to the idea of vision. Paper vision may not be as obvious as some of the things like how you want to spend your days, what you want your mornings to be like, or what things you want to be wearing, but there's definitely a vision for paper. And even your paper vision can bring you closer to your ideal life. 
So some of the things to think about when it comes to your paper vision, how does paper support the overall vision for how you want to live your life? Remember that the things that surround us should be things that are supporting our ideal lifestyle and supporting the kind of environment that we want to hang on to. What is the tolerance level that you have for the amount of paper that you would ideally like to have in your house? Have you thought about what boundaries you would like to set if you want to be a person that has as little paper as possible or if you feel comfortable with more paper in your life? What is your tolerance level? How comfortable are you with things being digital or on the cloud? Do you feel that that's a good substitute for having a paper document? Or do you feel that you'd like to learn how to keep things more digitally? What do you see as your needs for paperwork and documentation going forward? Do you feel like you have personal or business issues that will require a certain amount of paper coming in or going out of your life? When thinking about your paper storage, like, for example, where you're keeping paper now, consider how often you're actually going into storage and getting documents out of there. For a lot of people, they will find that they have paper in files that they've never accessed after they put it into the file. So those are the kind of things you want to be aware of as you start this process. Can you think of times when you actually needed a document but couldn't find it? This could be because of two things. Either you had gotten rid of the document in error, which is unlikely, or the document was buried behind or underneath lots of other things and you just couldn't find it and it was an important document. So we'll talk about that as well. What could you do with the space that is currently occupied by paper? How much storage have you allocated for paper at this time? And is that storage growing over time? Have you noticed, in other words, that you had a certain drawer file cabinet dedicated to paper a few years ago, and now that's expanded to two file cabinets or two drawers or five file boxes? What necessary documents do you have in your life that are actually available in another format? And we'll talk about this in depth, but this applies to things like your credit card bills or your electricity bills or anything that might be available in a different format, either digitally or in some other way that you could access it as easily as you can access a paper document. Just like the other signature KonMari categories, your vision grounds you and helps you keep your joy bar high with few exceptions. So once you've completed your vision, you can move on to step two. Step two is complete other KonMari categories, which are clothing and books. Those two fall before paper. So you want to use those to warm up to when you can tackle paper. And this is super important because as we've said, paper can be really intimidating. You will have gotten a lot of practice with clothing and books by the time you get to paper. And along those same lines, episode nine of the Spark Joy podcast addresses this exact issue. That episode is called Hiding by Location is a Fatal Mistake. Moving on to step three, collect and confront your paper. This, of course, is the critical step. Example of things that fall into the paper category that you may have not thought of. So there's the obvious things, receipts, warranties, manuals, coupons, recipes, pay stubs, things like your birth and marriage certificates or other kinds of passports or citizenship papers, checkbooks, business cards, all of your taxes, bills of every type and variety, insurance information, notes, 
many people tend to write little notes on sticky notes or other little pieces of paper, and they could be just about everywhere. So paper, like the other categories, can be found everywhere, and it may require lots of hunting and rounding up as you go. I really suggest that you look through every closet and every cabinet and every drawer to find all of those little loose bits of paper. If you're like most people, you probably have paper in places you hadn't even thought of, especially if it's paper that you've had for quite a while. And in keeping with how we approach the five major categories in KonMari, it's perfectly valid to break paper up into smaller subcategories so that each of these categories is a little more manageable and a little more approachable as you go. A couple of words of caution, this paper category can get quite dusty. Books falls along the same lines as well. Just be careful if you have any allergies to protect yourself accordingly. Also pace yourself. Don't feel that you need to pull together every single piece of paper in your home if you think that seeing that volume will totally paralyze you or take longer than three to five hours to process. You don't want to uh, have to stop in the middle of your paper processing to continue on with the rest of your life and have this mountain of paper in your way. I have a client, for example, who has three floors in her home. So we decided to break up paper by floor simply because we weren't able to tackle all of the paper in five hours or even in one day. What we did was pull together all of the paper that was on her first floor. It's not ideal in keeping with Marie Kondo's method, but it was the best for her particular situation and circumstance because she was planning various parties and graduation celebrations and things in her space. So we couldn't get it too much in disarray. This is a great point. And also, I think for people who generally live in smaller spaces, you may have a storage locker. And obviously, it's not always going to be practical to go get all the paper that you might have in storage to pile it all up in your apartment. So that can also be treated, just as Kristen was saying, as kind of its own subcategory by location. Step four is joy check based on three actions related to the Kanbari paper category. And remember, keep that joy bar high. I have a tip actually to write these categories down on sticky notes. Uh, there's three to four that you will, you'll want to write down. And the first one is act now. So I'll write act now on a sticky note and post that on uh, the wall and then Underneath that note is where we will stack the papers that need immediate attention. These are the things like bills that are due or a permission slip that needs to be signed or some sort of form that needs to be filled out in order to get a rebate for something. These are act now. And usually these action items take less than two minutes to complete. But if they don't, you can always refer back to a technique that Amanda Jefferson, a certified Kanmari consultant, described to us, which is the option to delete, delegate, diminish, or defer certain tasks that may be lingering in your life. And they definitely will be coming up when you address the act now category. Next is keep temporarily. So that's going to be your next post-it note there. Examples of things that you would keep temporarily are things like a car note for a car that you only will have for a certain amount of time, 
Anything related to taxes also will fall into this category since you don't have to keep all of your tax documents forever. Or contracts. For example, the work agreement that I give my clients uh, when we are beginning a tidying process, they don't have to keep that forever. It's only good to keep around during the terms of the agreement. The next and final category is keep forever. These are going to be your legal documents, your will, your trust, your birth certificate, your passport, social security cards, your investment information that's going to be in the keep forever category. And there's also this fourth shadow category, as I call it, sentimental items. As you work through any of the five signature Kamari categories, you're going to always keep sentimental in mind because until you get to the actual fifth category, which is sentimental, you're going to find things that fall into that category in clothing and paper and books. So when we talk about sentimental for paper, we're talking about photos by default. All photos fall under that category. Journals that will take you a long time to process and read through and stop your progress and momentum. Definitely want to funnel those into sentimental or any notes or artwork from your children. Definitely funnel that into sentimental as well. So that's always kind of that baseline category across your entire experience. You're moving things to sentimental so you don't feel the pressure of making decisions until you're ultimately ready. Now that you've collected all of your paper items and you've sorted them into those categories, it's now time to start making some decisions about those things that you have collected. Here are some general guidelines, some criteria that we like to use when helping clients or when we did our own paper sorting. Here are some ideas. If you needed this document, could you get it again easily? In some cases, the answer is no, I could not find this document if I needed it. In other cases, you will quickly realize that there are generally lots of other places that that particular information could be obtained. Is it available in another format? Along those same lines, is this something that you could be getting online? If it is any bill, I can assure you, you will be able to find it online. If it's a credit card bill, a utility bill, almost any other kind of bill, you would be able to find it online. And it's probably actually even a better place to have it. A lot of times the online accounts will give you even more information than you have on the actual paper document. The only exception that I have seen to this routinely, although not 100%, are the invoice for your rent every month. For some reason, that seems to be one of the last things that is on paper and not always available in another format. Tax returns and tax documentation, all of those little supporting documents that go along with your taxes. Most sources will tell you that after seven years, you don't need to keep them at all. I've worked with a lot of people who have businesses where there have been kind of back and forth complications between their business taxes and their personal taxes and their accountant advised them to keep them. What we recommend is that you do just exactly what your accountant tells you regarding your particular tax situation. Another big category for a lot of people are manuals to all of the appliances and devices that you have. They feel really important when you open up that box and pull them out, and it almost feels like you just shouldn't get rid of them. I can assure you that most of the people that I've worked with, and I bet if you thought about it, this would be true for you as well, you never look at the manual as soon as you have set the thing up. As soon as you put it together and you figured out how it works, whether it's your phone or the bed that you got from Ikea, you generally are never going to look back at those manuals or instructions again. However, if you're not sure, 
I have a great resource for you. It's called manualsonline.com. And manualsonline.com has over 700,000 manuals listed on their website. Apparently, all of the appliance and technology manufacturers got together and decided to support this website by posting every single manual for all of their products online. So if you go to the website, and we'll definitely link it in the show notes, and just test it. Just put in some devices that you have to see if that manual's there. It's much more likely, at least if you use a computer with any regularity, that you would check there before you would go look to find the paper document. The last consideration would be health records. Now, health records always feel really important because you never know when you might need that again. Most of us have become aware of electronic health records. Electronic health records are rapidly becoming the standard for just about every medical encounter that you will have. Your doctor, hospitals, clinics, all of those types of health-related practices now utilize electronic health records. So virtually every test and every report with regards to your health will be online with your doctor. And in most cases, you have access to that information. If you belong to a particular practice, a lot of times they're happy to give you the information so that you can access your own health records online. And it's really great to have them all in the same place. And the thing is, is that the medical records that you have at home generally are not going to be of any use to anyone in case of an emergency. So it's much better to be aware of where to get your health information through your doctor's office or through whatever clinic or healthcare facility that you might be involved with. And with any guidelines, of course, there's also exceptions. For example, what Karen just discussed with healthcare related items, there were some health documents that I chose to keep forever because they were scans that would be really difficult for me to either find online or procure from a medical professional's office or various tests that show history of different blood work over time, for example, that I just want to easily be able to put my hands on. So there are a couple of things that I kept. I decided not to keep medical bills, records of payments, but in some cases, maybe someone could keep those until they have finished a particular insurance claim or a legal case that involves health records. There are exceptions to the rule. And of course, we are certified Kanmari consultants, but we are not tax professionals or legal professionals or accountants. So by default, these are just guidelines that we're sharing, but ultimately we defer to those professionals for the final say. That's a super good point. And I think it always is a good idea to go back to the two criteria that we mentioned at the very beginning. How easy would this document be to get again if I needed it? And is it available in another format? And sometimes the answer is, it would not be easy to get again, or I don't know if I could get it in a different format. Just as Marie says all the time, if you decide to keep it, then keep it with confidence. This brings us to step five. Store what matters with honor and joy. We're assuming at this point that you've made all of the decisions that you need to make regarding the paper that you've decided to keep. At this point, you'll want to think about how you're going to store and organize this paper. A couple of things to keep in mind. You should always keep your paper where you will use it. 
For example, there are people who love coupons. They love to collect coupons. They actually do use them. They enjoy doing that. It's perfectly fine. I always recommend that if you are a couponer, that you have a little envelope or folder or something that you keep in the car and that's where all of your coupons live so that when you actually could use them, they are handy and accessible. This is always a good thing, too, because you'll become much more aware of if you actually are using those coupons. Sometimes seeing a coupon, it's like, oh, wow, this is great. I could save 50 cents, but then you never get around to using it. And then that might help you in the future decide whether or not you actually do want to hold on to things like coupons. At this point, you want to think about how you are going to recognize items. In other words, will you label and organize them in files? Will you keep them in a file cabinet or in a box? If they're your forever documents, where will you keep those that are safe and sound? Especially if it's something that you're not sure if you'll be accessing it a lot, should you label it in file folders so that you don't have to hunt for it in the event that you do need them? There are many, many options for labeling and organizing. That's one of the things that I certainly have found as a consultant, and I think probably most of the Conway consultants would say this as well, that we sometimes are astonished at how many unopened packages of file folders and labels and even boxes that our clients have accumulated as part of their project planning. So once again, there are many, many types of boxes and labels and beautiful folders. You just want to make sure that whatever you choose for your paper storage makes you happy and brings you joy. I was actually inspired by the KonMari method to become an anti-labeler and anti-folder person. I loved how Marie Kondo, as we discussed, really takes a strong, unconventional stance on the amount of paper you should have in your home. As mentioned, the KonMari paper category typically is not the source of a high amount of joy. It leans more utility. Therefore, I choose to limit the amount of space or attention I pay to paper on a daily basis. I limit paper storage to a legal size box that's 17 by 14 by 12. By the way, any products or storage that we reference in this episode will link more information in the show notes. So head on over there for details. Back to this black box, it represents the boundary of paper in my home. It's as far as I allow paper to invade my space. I have an amount of paper that I've deemed reasonable to the point where I can sift through it easily. So it doesn't require a lot of micro-organizing and labels and, again, additional attention. I always find it fascinating how infrequently I access the papers in that box maybe once or twice a month max. Something else that's helped me more on the sentimental side was a tip from my mom well before Kanmari. She had me create a milestone binder that I've had since high school. So I actually now have two slim binders that hold things like transcripts or honors awards, reference letters or certificates, all respectfully protected with individual plastic sleeves. It's funny how over the last few months, I've had to reference at least four documents from these binders. My Myers-Briggs test results, my college transcript, my college acceptance letter, and a letter from my first job out of college that had my starting salary noted on it. 
I had to access these documents for very random reasons, but it was refreshing to be able to grab them quickly rather than digging through a dusty box in a dark room to find them. It's a great system. And now I get to carry this tradition on to my clients. I'm also opposed to inboxes or drop zones, any flat surfaces that invite junk mail or an unnecessary amount of paper to accumulate. Square footage is valuable, and I don't want to waste precious activity space on something that has a limited amount of joy, like the paper I'm required to keep. Limiting the space where paper can live helps me avoid leaning on old habits of procrastination. And instead, the boundaries move me towards taking immediate action, which is what KonMari is all about, being present, grounded, and balanced. That's a super good point. If you have decided that you will be using storage equipment for storing your paper, Make sure that you get some really pretty boxes that you really love that honor the contents. Keep in mind that everything that you're keeping, you're keeping intentionally and you're keeping it with confidence. So you'll want to store it with that same level of intentionality. But as always, we highly suggest that you do not buy any organizational materials such as folders or file cabinets or even labels until you have completely sorted. Because just as Kristen said, you may find yourself to be a paperless person as well and you don't need those things. But in any event, you want to make sure that you know what you'll be storing before you make plans on how to store it. And you may not want to make your final adjustments and refinement to your paper storage until you actually have sorted all KonMari categories. We like to say that storage is fluid and flexible. So you may want to wait till the very end until you start to bring in more cabinets, open shelving, magazine holders, things like that, until you really have come to your final moment of joy. And everyone will have their own comfort level as well, based on their particular situation of what they want to let go of. And that's okay. But you may consider reviewing your sword paper in intervals to see if you have to adjust your view on what you need to keep and what you can let go of. And to learn more about the post-Kunmari maintenance phase, check out SparkJoy episode 41, which is how to maintain a tidy home post-Kunmari. Next step. Step six, discard, shred, recycle, or scan. The first thing that most people think of when I think of this would be what has personal information on it that I need to shred. I have seen many personal shredders go up in smoke because after sorting the category, the sorter, the person who was doing Kanmai on their paper, found that they had lots of documents that they wanted to shred. So into the shredder they go only to completely burn out the motor. Keep in mind that if you pile up paper waiting for it to be shredded, you may sit on that pile for a long time. I have seen a lot of people procrastinate getting rid of paper because it just seemed like it would just take too long to shred. And in most cases, they're right. It could be a very lengthy process if you're shredding with the home shredder. So we have a solution. There are many places that will shred your documents for a small fee, generally by the pound. These are places like Office Depot and Staples. They both have the option of taking your paper there and they shred them for you. In most cases, you don't even have to take the staples out. They just put them in these huge industrial shredders and they just destroy them. And then they, all the scraps get safely disposed of. 
free shredding days in many towns or communities or neighborhoods even, they will have a day where you go to maybe the city hall or maybe to a park and there is a free shredding day. There will be a company there that does shredding that the city has made arrangements with to come and you just bring all of your paper documents and you can actually watch them shred things for you. There's also some things that don't involve actual shredding. There are some really handy devices that will help you make invisible personal information. There's this one device, an ink roller, that is basically a spool of mumbo jumbo letters and words. So when you roll it across your identifying information, all of a sudden it's completely invisible because it just looks like a jumble of letters and numbers. So that's something that you can get at Amazon or probably most office supply stores. There are Sharpies that are really wide, and sometimes just using those can work just as well. If you're hesitant to discard, shred, or recycle something, you can always consider scanning it. First, think back into your vision of your ideal lifestyle. How comfortable are you with the digital media or the cloud? Were you okay with certain documents being in electronic format instead of paper copy? Think about the vision for your ideal lifestyle and living environment. Does that include a large file cabinet or does it include something that could just be accessible by your computer or phone? If this is the case that you favor the digital life, there is options. One of my favorite tools are a cam card or cam scanner. Those are great for business cards or documents and they're apps that are on your phone so you don't have to have any extra gadgets to scan things. Archive is also a favorite, and that's spelled A-R-T-C-H-I-V-E. And Holly and Lori, who are professional organizers that we've featured on SparkJoy episodes 16 and 30, they're big fans of this tool. It's essentially an app that will hold your child's artwork from start to finish in terms of their creative life. And it's a beautiful thing to eventually hand down to a child. And it gives you the power to keep the art that is really, really significant and needs to be maybe honored in the sentimental category or sentimental styling of your home. Or maybe just keep those things that might not be as significant and maybe just show your child's progression through their creative life. So it's a really great tool to have. Scanning and digital storage is really such a great option for just about everything that you might have that you want to keep track of. Evernote, Google Drive, and Dropbox all have the ability to scan. I use Dropbox and I take a photo with my phone of just about any document that I want to keep. And in most cases, I've already created a folder for that type of a document and I pop it right in and don't even give it a second thought. So there's a lot of platforms. There's some that are set up just for scanning, some that you pay for, some that have, you know, a lot of features that you may or may not be interested in. Sometimes the simplest is the better. So I would consider all of the different options before you make a decision about which to use. Also, a word of caution when considering scanning things. Of course, these days we have almost an endless storage space when it comes to our digital life. A terabyte can hold many, many, many things, files, videos, photos. But just because we have that space doesn't mean we definitely have to use all of it. And ultimately, anything you scan has the potential to turn into digital clutter, which can be another problem and another source of overwhelm. So definitely keep your joy bar high in terms of whatever information you are processing, whether it be in the form of storing it in the hard copy format or digitally. 
So now you have set the paper category to zero. You've taken care of your unfinished business and your urgent actions. You've thoughtfully organized your paper into keep temporary and keep forever in a filing box or a cabinet. And your sentimental papers are collected to deal with at the end of your tidying adventure. Now it's time to move to the advanced levels of paper management. Let's talk about how to stop that paper from entering your home in the first place. It's time to turn off the faucet. This is all about not being a victim to paper pushers. It's really true that your life begins once you have tidied and paper is no different. You now have the option of being in control and in charge of the paper that enters into your life. There is a statistic that's a little overwhelming and a little frightening. Each U.S. household receives about 850 pieces of unwanted junk mail per year. That's like almost two to three items hitting your mailbox every day. For a lot of us, there's probably a lot more than that. So here are some ideas and some tips for how to get away from being subject to constant bombardment with paper. If you live in an apartment building, Well, if you live in a place where there is communal mailbox situation, generally there is a trash can that is kept pretty close to where the mailboxes are. This is certainly true in most big apartment buildings. Don't even bring that stuff upstairs. If you're tired at the end of the day and you've got a lot of things that you need to do, it is well worth the few seconds that it would take to just dump that mail into the trash bin before you even get it upstairs. Don't let people give you paper. You do not need to be a victim of people who are pushing paper throughout your life. People that want to give you a receipt. I always ask at the stores or at the restaurants if they can email me the receipt. A lot of places, especially department stores, are more than happy to send you the receipt via email. When it comes to business cards, when someone wants to hand you a business card, think in terms of what will you be doing with that information that's contained in that card? Is it information that you actually need? If you're going to need the phone number or the address, go ahead and put it in your contacts right now. It'll be much more useful to you there than it will be in your bag or in, your, in the bottom of your purse. It's perfectly okay to tell people that you don't take business cards. I have heard of people just saying, you know, I just don't take paper business cards. If you want to email me your information, that's fine. An email is a lot easier to delete than a piece of paper is to get rid of. In a lot of big cities, this is a real problem where people are sending you flyers advertising the sandwich shop specials for the day um, or flyers for drugstores or grocery stores. You don't have to take them. I get a lot of joy of saying no thank you (laughs) when someone tries to hand me something. And hey, it's better than what I used to do, which was say, oh, yes, thanks. And then, you know, 10 steps ahead, I would just throw it away or put it into my car and never look at it again or something like that. So yeah, no is a great word sometimes. (laughs) But I, I totally agree with that. I am big on acting on things like business cards immediately. I take an invitation if I receive it in the mail, which is kind of rare these days. Usually my invitations to things come electronically. But if they don't, I take that information and immediately put it in my calendar because otherwise I'm just going to overlook it or it will just, you know, be tacked on to my bulletin board and I will stop looking at it. So it's often also important to transfer that to the digital space if that's where you prefer to live, if that's in your lifestyle. If it's not, then that's okay. You can write it down on your paper calendar or do whatever you need to do in order to let go of that piece of paper. 
So the incoming paper in your home, it's usually the source of your actual paper problem. And it's unfortunate that we all struggle with this, but I will say I am now on the other side of this and worked very hard to reduce what I allow for people to show me either in my mailbox or in person. And now I receive less than three pieces of mail daily in my mailbox. Sometimes I don't even receive any mail on a certain day. I thought maybe there was something wrong with my address <laughs> at one point because I received so little mail. So we all have been through this, but we all have the power to stand up and really say no to what's crossing the threshold of our home and what noise is coming into our life in the form of unsolicited information. It's time for us to turn off the faucet once and for all. And believe it or not, you can do this in under 30 minutes and for less than $4. We have five steps associated with different types of common mailers that might be creeping into your life through your mailbox. Step one is catalogs. I definitely had a very personal experience with catalogs one holiday. I had many that piled up in my little tiny mailbox to the point where I opened my mailbox and they all exploded and fell on the floor. And I already was pretty deep into KonMari. So it was disturbing to me, not only because my mailbox was literally filled to the brim, but also because I was really being a lot more conscious about consumerism. So if you've had any borderline or serious shopping addictions or tendencies, it's great to tackle catalogs because all these catalogs are going to do is encourage you to buy, which is something we're moving away from. So I got great enjoyment of actually ripping the back cover off of all of those magazines. I think there was about 12 of them. And I called each individual 1-800 number and had the codes ready in my address, everything ready to give them so that they could remove me from the list. And then I found this great resource called catalogchoice.org, where you can do pretty much the same thing, but all in one swoop. You just enter your address. Literally, their front page of their platform says, simplify your life, stop junk mail for good. So that's their goal, which I loved. All of the catalogs did mention that it may take up to 90 days to notice a difference because they have pre-printed a lot of those issues. And I did had some that creep back in and they got a less friendly call uh, the second time around when I had to, again, try to stop the influx. My catalogs are pretty much under control with one big exception, and that's the restoration hardware catalog. Ooh, this yeah. is the, what, 10 pound, feels like 10 pound catalog that probably kills five trees that comes, I don't know, it seems like two or three times a year. I had this discussion with one of my clients who also had a restoration hard hardware magazine. I offered to take her back covers of her magazines and cancel some of her subscriptions for her just because I know how little time this takes. And I just wanted to help her in that moment. And one of them was restoration hardware and they were happy to remove me and I, or remove her in this case. So there is hope. Step two is a resource that will deal with general junk mail. And this one is dmachoice.org. This is a site that has been set up by the Direct Marketing Association. And apparently they had to set this up because they had gotten into so much trouble for sending junk mail that this was part of their remediation, which is great for us because now we have this wonderful resource. We actually discussed DMA Choice 
with Holly Sutherland. She was our guest organizer way back at episode eight, and she was a great proponent of that particular resource. It's really good for catalogs, for magazine offers, like subscriptions, um, newsletters and periodicals and that kind of thing. But they also deal with just general mail offers that you work at, donation requests, bank offers, and it's a free source. So it's a really good one to get started with. Step three is offers and pre-approved credit or insurance information. The best tool to rid those from your life for good is optoutprescreen.com. This is the tool you want to use if you want to opt to not receive something for up to five years, or you can also ask to be permanently removed. There is a $2 charge for this service, but let me tell you, it is a nominal fee considering how they help you ward off all of those almost, it seems like, daily messages to buy, buy, buy on credit, which is something, again, that is so in opposition with being more mindful about spending and consuming. I apply this to my own personal address as well as my business address because I realized eventually I would start to also receive unwanted messaging through that channel as well. So it's a great tool. Step four, a resource that's good for other types of offers that you might get in the mail. And this one is actually an app. It's called Paper Karma. And it is available, downloadable via your favorite app store. And it costs $1.99 per month, but it's pretty easy and kind of fun to use. They have a free trial and allows you to unsubscribe from four different types of mailings that you're getting uh, to see how it works. It's kind of interesting because you just take a photo of the information on the cover, you know, where your address is and where they usually have like a customer number, and then they generally take care of the rest. It's really good for magazines, catalogs, credit card offers, or yellow pages. It's not as good for like the post office, every door direct mail things, or for local coupons or ads from, from local stores. It's not as good for that. You just want to make sure with any subscription service that you're actually using it and they're not just charging you $1.99 every month indefinitely if, if you're no longer using the service. Yes, always be mindful of those little charges and subscribes because they actually add up over time. Moving on to step five, this is the final step and it's just simply call and request to be removed. I would say this is your last resort. So definitely wait 90 days. See if you've noticed any improvement. I will say if you apply all of these tips, you still will not get your mailbox to absolute zero. That's a very, very rare circumstance. And there are some papers that spark joy that will be coming through your mailbox. So you don't want zero papers in your mailbox in some cases, but your mailbox will definitely feel way lighter if you apply even just one of the steps that we just mentioned. In the case of someone who is really being persistent or even in violation of just your rights, give them a call and request to be removed. Now that we've run through all of the ways you can stop that incoming flow of paper and all of the ways you can deal with the paper that's inside of your home, we want to loop back to the ways that confronting your paper can actually pay you back and end on a joyful note. 
If you've executed the signature Kamari paper category properly, the result of organizing and decluttering this category could be a small action that will actually lead to so much space that you would be making available for organizing and bringing relief to your home. You will have more space to house things that have a higher joy factor than something like a bill or a tax form. Those things will be way more exciting and way more inspiring. It's a hard category to tackle, but with huge returns. There are also ways that the paper category will pay off in real concrete ways. For example, you may find as you're going through clothing that you have clothes that still have the tags on them that you've never worn. And maybe they're older. Maybe you've had them for a while, but maybe not. And once you go through the paper category, you may locate all those receipts that will allow you to return things. I've actually had clients who've had things that were really old that still had the tags on them. And certain stores, now, of course, this is going to vary greatly from place to place, but they took a lot of her things back and gave her store credit for them. She was able to find a receipt and document that she had purchased it, even though it was quite some time ago. But she got credit for it. So she was able to actually buy something at some point that sparked joy for her more than those clothes that she was not wearing. You find checks or cash in greeting cards or in envelopes. I just recently had a client who found a $700 check from her insurance company that was three, four years old. I don't remember what, but it was really old. So we got on the phone and we called and even though the check was that old, they were able to reissue her a new check because she had the information on the check. They could look to see that she had never cashed it and they reissued her another check. It was amazing. Gift certificates and actual coupons for things that you do want to get. Many people are amazed to find that they have random Starbucks cards or Amazon cards or just gift cards that they've gotten and they just have forgotten about because they got lost in the big pile. It really can actually pay you back in real concrete ways. There's also something about paper that energy-wise can shift the entire mood of a house. I've had clients go through their paper and just feel that a stale energy has lifted. Literally, dust also has been uh, removed. And all of the little pieces of paper, like scraps or tags that are simply garbage, we've let those items go. And the clutter-free vision starts to become a reality is you're getting closer to the middle of your journey when you're tackling paper, if you're following the KonMari category order. Also health-wise, it's really good to be sensible and respectful of your paper because Paper can turn into a health hazard if introduced with water, for example, there could be mold or the paper could start to disintegrate if it's really old. Certain sentimental things could be destroyed. So it's very important to handle this in a timely manner and also be mindful of how it can pay you back by simply releasing that energy. Also, you're able to generate new ideas or projects once you put certain pieces of paper to rest and you make room for new endeavors. I know this was a catalyst for a lot of the things that I did within my own business and my path to entrepreneurship. Also, the time spent looking for important documents, you get that back now because you know exactly where your important documents are. If you're preparing for a trip, 
or if you're trying to head out the door and you need a certain reference material, you'll know where those things are because you have literally picked up every piece of paper in your home. Also, that all-encompassing sense of control over something that seems so incredibly scary, that's incredible because that now puts you at ease and you know where your important documents are. It's ultimately self-care because while it may be a little bit uncomfortable to get started, it helps you grow. Paper is one category that we will continue to be called upon to manage daily. It's one of the most intimidating categories, but will also benefit you the most when it comes to getting closer to the vision of how you want to live your ideal life. So jump right in rather than waiting to feel motivated. We promise you'll be amazed at how little paper you actually need in your life. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying question or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the Spark Joy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.